2: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, you know, Mark Meadows may have flipped, and is cooperating with Jack Smith in the Trump indictment. Uh, Trump, the front runner for the Republican Party, by far, like by fifty points. Uh, I, I I think they're basically saying to us that they can't rig another election the way they rigged the last one it was a perfect storm they had the covid thing and they had all these cheap excuses about voter suppression and they milked the the cow dry you know they they just milked it and they can't go back to that well again it's too obvious And not only that, but Biden is so bad basically carrying the water for globalists, right? And we know that. We know what's going on. We know what time it is. We know what time it is. We know that the open borders is to appease corporate greed and corporate donations. We know that the uni party... Represented by people like Lindsey Graham Are monsters And just disgusting scumbags We know that Nikki Haley And Mike Pence And Tim Scott And all these rhinos Never have our best interest at heart We know that DeSantis Is selling out to the globalists And that he was losing to Gillum, who was basically a crack-partying gay guy in Florida until Trump endorsed DeSantis. Everybody knows who's the boss. And everybody knows that you don't want Trump 2.0 when Trump 1.0 is in the arena. You only want Trump 2.0 when Trump is no longer Available. Everybody knows that. It's all in the back of our heads. It's all sort of in our gut, common sense. That is what time it is. But the Biden DOJ, who's covering up for Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family in general, and Christopher Ray, the FBI, and Merrick Garland, DOJ, and his henchmen like Jack Smith, this this evil doer, this terrorist that's going after citizens of the United States, namely Donald Trump, to try to rig another election, is what's in play right now, and and it's terrible to be living in a country that's becoming a banana republic right before our eyes. And we have to do something about it. And we don't have a leader, we don't have an organization to tell us what to do. And, and frankly, as citizens, we shouldn't really need to be told what to do. But we see it. We know it. We know what's going on. We know that the media is in bed with the globalists. We know that the globalists are controlling the politicians. We know that this entity is a super monopoly, and we know that the money that is in play is more powerful than we've ever seen, and that the opposition and what's what's going on with regard to control is sinister and evil. But we are seeing new things, new developments, and they're not good either. You take the fires that are going on out west, you take the dam that was exploded in Ukraine, you take the um, the things that are happening in California with the new law that says it's, it's going to be unlawful for a citizen to um, get in the way of a burglar when they're stealing from you yeah that was uh that was reported and um, you'll be breaking the law if you try to stop somebody from looting your store that's a california new law they're protecting the thieves and you know why they're doing that, right? There's a reason for everything, folks, and you have to open your mind and you have to think about it and wrap your head around it. Not only are they trying to condition and normalize predators and sexual uh, misconduct in lieu of the in light of the fact that they know that eventually the Epstein list is going to come out. But the same thing is being done with these crimes. It's because they can't pass reparations. They can't pass... Reparations is unconstitutional. So the skirt around the Constitution, what what do they do? They basically allow people of color to steal from stores that are run by globalist institutions. You look at Lululemon, for example... And the owner of Lululemon said, I'm going to fire the two employees that stood in the way, uh, that, that basically chastised the, the three black thieves that walked out of my store with product. It's only merchandise, he said. It's not worth risking your life over. And I'm going to fire the two employees that made a mockery of the thieves. I mean, right? It's unreal. And on the following day, from that story, comes another story about the California state law that says it's it's going to be le- illegal. You'll be violating the law if you get in the way. They're basically saying you'll be violating the law if you don't wear a seatbelt. I, I think that it's couched in a way that is basically saying we want to protect you we want to mandate that you don't get involved because it's dangerous but in every case where are the comps man why has you know even though the democrats are trying to move away from defunding the police they've achieved the goal of defunding the police you never hear the police showing up on time ever anymore they're everywhere you want them. not. You're, they're, the police are everywhere you don't want them to be, like hiding behind a tree to give you a traffic ticket, a speeding ticket. They're there. They're always there, given speeding tickets. That's called taxation. That's all that is. That's a revenue stream for the city. That's basically a theft of wealth, a redistribution of wealth from your pocket, the middle class, going to work, and putting it into the pockets of the government. That's what speeding is about. Speeding is just a tax. Speeding tickets are a tax. Parking tickets are a tax. It's a revenue for the city. And so when they tow your car away and they, they give you a speeding ticket and they harass you and harangutang you, that's what they're doing there. But will they solve and fight crime? No. You're paying for what? What are you paying for? You're paying to drive your car and they're giving you an infraction and they're saying you have a hangnail and your hair is out of place. I'm going to fine you for that. But are they going to protect you? No. They're not there when you need them. So why are you even paying them? At some point, you've got to figure out how to live your life off the grid and and away from the authorities that are ruining the American dream the the American experience the uh you know this this uh this exercise in in freedom liberty and justice so donald trump says when mark he tweeted he truth This Look, we don't know if the Mark Meadows news is true until we, oh, Donald Trump. When Mark Meadows came crawling to me with tears in his eyes, saying, Sir, I need a job. Please help me. I felt very sorry for him. I knew he was strongly hated by most of his fellow congressional Republicans. You know who is closest friend in Congress is Jim Jordan i I knew that um I just didn't want to assume that everybody else knew that um, and that that kind of concerns me on that It reminds me of Trey Gowdy everybody thought that Trey Gowdy was such a great congressman until he failed miserably in the congressional hearings related to the crossfire hurricane and he turned out to be not a great Patriot after all. Right. And, and, uh, Jim Jordan, you know, he's got, he was a four time wrestler, uh, Ohio state wrestling champ about the time when I was wrestling in Ohio. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I knew him from, uh, high school superstar wrestler. And, uh, And also I wrestled for Ohio state for a year and he became the coach over there a year after I left Ohio state and went to old dominion university. But, um, so uh, my path crossed with him and I defended him with Jim Jordan with regard to the accusations related to the trainer and some, some sort of, uh, uh, sexual sh- shenanigans that were going on with the uh, sports doctor. And what I'm saying is I-, I was in those locker rooms and I was at that you know, training facility and at the time when all that was supposed to be going on and never did I ever hear anything of a sort. And the people that were involved with the accusation against Jim Jordan, uh, I happen to know, like uh, Mike DeSabato, this guy... I wrestled with his brother his older brother Andrew Andy uh, De every single day in the room and uh and I know the I know the players and I and I know what's what was going on with that story it was if Mike De was hired uh by worked started working with um uh the law firm Perkins Coie which was the same law firm that was going after Trump uh, in support of the Crossfire Hurricane. So Perkins Coy and Mark Elias and all these people, the same usual suspects. And I knew the behind the scenes on that. That one I did know. But I would be shocked, you know, if Mark Meadows proved to be the scoundrel that he is turning, uh, show, being shown to be right now, particularly because of his friendship with Jim Jordan. I, I think Jim Jordan is a stand-up guy. If Jim Jordan turned out to be a Trey Gowdy, I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised and I'd be the first one to admit, wow, I, I can't believe it. I would also state though, that you could be Ms. Mr. Smith, you could be James Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington uh, doe-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? Wet behind the ears, green as a grasshopper. And go to Washington and you could get, you get real mature real quick with the kind of corruption that's thrown at you to manipulate the wheels of power. So, you know, even the the most saintest of all of us become corrupt, can become corrupt given the proper twists, turns and coercions that happen in Washington and I'm not talking about greed I'm talking about false accusations I'm talking about you know uh, peeing on a hooker in Moscow that never happened kind of stuff or pinning a crime that you never did on one of your children or your spouse and saying if you don't play ball we're going to make this look real and your family member is going to be in prison for t- the next 20 years stuff like that you don't even have to you could be the saint and still find yourself in a pickle with power so be careful what you wish for you just might get it if you ever wanted that kind of power um It it comes with uh, some obstacles. So Donald Trump wrote this. He said, when Mark Meadows came crawling to me with tears in his eyes, saying, sir, I need a job. Please help me. I felt very sorry for him. I knew he was strongly hated by most of his fellow congressional Republicans. But I had just fired my previous chief of staff like a dog. So I decided, and, and again, I don't think this makes Trump look all that well, you know, that that he's constantly hiring the wrong dudes, right? Hire the right dudes and, and you, you shouldn't have these problems. Hire people that are loyal to you. Why are these people turning on you? You know, that's the thing. After a while, if you have trouble with uh, one wife, um, that, that's one thing. But, you know, after you have three or four wives and you have trouble with all of them maybe the problem is you right so he's got to be careful about that in my opinion but i had just fired my previous chief of staff again bad look like a dog again another bad look so i decided to have mark audition for the job apprentice style again not to me not not a great Tweet. Truth. How do you thank me? By hiring vicious rhinos and rats who turned and threw me threw me under the bus. Now Trump is a victim with the radical communists of the J six committee. And then a mad dog leftist prosecutor. I was going to fire Mark in twenty twenty one. Again, shoulda woulda dida, you know, coulda it doesn't matter but the election was stolen from me. I would say that's a very, very desperate man that wrote that tweet, uh, that truth. I love Donald Trump, but that was a bad truth. That was a bad tweet. And, uh, but I, I wanted to read it to you because that's what he said in response to this. Now, George Papadopoulos took a different turn. um, he he basically said, they want you to believe Mark Meadows has been indicted and is cooperating a witness against Trump. This is BS. So I wonder about that. Because, again, I think that that's the reason why I brought up Jim Jordan. Because I kind of know Jim Jordan, right? And I know that Jim Jordan's best friend... In Congress was Mark Meadows. I know that, like almost for a fact. And I've actually seen Mark Meadows on the plane, uh, on a plane once, and he seemed like such an approachable guy. Um, I, I don't know. There's something about this that they could be that uh, like what Trump did with that truth wasn't very cagey it was sort of obvious sort of like a play and that's why i critiqued it as well because i don't think that if you're going to be taking one on the chin you know a boxer sometimes will smile right back after they get popped in the face with a punch and say that didn't hurt me you know so there's cageyness going on and uh I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I can only speculate that, that. well, I heard the case is weak. I heard this case is very, very weak. And then when you juxtapose it with the things that are going on with Biden, you know, and his documents all over the place, in his garage and at the Penn Center and and in the University of Delaware and and all the corruption that was associated with it. Biden was hiding documents that were going to get him pinched for crimes that he committed. And I think that uh, Trump was holding documents that may have been sort of like compromise, meaning that if you touch one of my kids or touch me, I'm going to expose the truth about Crossfire Hurricane. You know, and uh, I think that's that was more of what it was all about, basically uh, self-protection from the crimes that were committed against the people that were going against you. Prosecutors are ready to ask for grand jurors to vote on a Trump indictment as early as today, tomorrow, on charges of obstruction of justice and espionage Uh, act violations. So that's according to um, a news organization. More, it's understood that Trump's last White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, has agreed to plead guilty to several lesser federal crimes in exchange for testimony under a limited grant of immunity. So that's what uh, Mark Meadows is going for. A limited grant of immunity. The Department of Justice is preparing to ask a DC grand jury, Washington DC, to indict former President Trump for violating Espionage Act and for obstruction of justice as soon as Thursday. This is election meddling. This is something that every president has been guilty of with regard to documents, and they're choosing just one, Donald Trump which is exactly the reason why it is that we need Donald Trump in power to get to 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 fix these problems. And you better believe if Donald Trump gets in for his last term, he's going to go guns blazing and I hope to see it. I really do. Some people reviewing the latest articles about the potential indictment framework of President Trump are stunned by this section regarding former chief staff chief this is according to the conservative treehouse first president trump did nothing wrong meadows can give no testimony that is damaging to president trump in any ordinary construct the targeting of trump is apex lawfare which is the manipulation of the law including new and novel concepts of law as weapons against opposition there for the grace of God, stand any one of us. I say this from armored experience against these creatures. Second, removing the unsubstantiated claim about Meadows reportedly pleading guilty to some charge, which is directly and strongly called BS by his lawyer, some people are wondering about Mark Meadows. I am not one of those who wonder about Mark Meadows. I have always viewed him as a sketchy, self-interested, conniving Republican, and I retain that disposition through today. Mark Meadows and Mike Pompeo were part of the approved Republican group who operated inside the Trump administration with loyalty to the right wing of the uni party apparatus. Meadows and Pompeo were, and still are, about as trustworthy as Rupert Murdoch and Ron DeSantis, which is to say they ain't. They are deceptive cons, and this isn't new position about them. It's not a new position. I have previously used the testimony of Mark Milley to show just how Machiavellian this entire tribe of acceptable Republicans was and still is keep in mind a president Donald Trump had few options on administration personnel he hired what everyone said at the time were solid republicans only to see these those same people undermine his efforts and i believe that is true you know um you're told these are really these are people that are strong and but we're in unprecedented times, right? Nobody's coming along that's been any remotely close to being like Donald Trump. Donald Trump was, he broke the mold. And so these people that you think are solid people were never, you know, never really in a foxhole. And and, and when they became, when they were in the foxhole, you, you really got to see their true colors and they were they were mice, not men. Of mice and men, they were mice, not men. Donald Trump is a man. I'm a man. I believe that. You want me in your foxhole. And that, and I hope that, you know, I can count on a lot of the listeners here to be in my foxhole. But, but what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of scoundrels in Washington, D.C., you would never want in your foxhole that that is always my true litmus test by the way keep in mind um let's see keep in mind as President Donald Trump had few options okay, and whenever he said here, I need to see those same people undermine his efforts whenever possible, right. Jeff Sessions, Dan Coats, Mark Meadows, Mike uh, Mick Mulvaney, Bill Barr, uh, Mike Pompeo, the list is long, including his vice president, Mike Pence. In essence, this was the GOP control within the Trump administration. The exact same dynamic would happen in any disruptive administration that came from outside the beltway. This is why... Those same Decepticons are embracing Ron DeSantis. He's in the club. Trump wasn't. As outlined in September of 2021, years of agonizing and frustrating reviews and analysis of the Trump administration reconciled in the testimony of Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley during his September 28th. Uh, 2021 Senate testimony before the armed Services committee, general Mark Milley clarified some painful issues to accept, namely that the president Trump was being heavily managed by operatives of the security executive service, the SES and his Republican inner circle was willfully participating. General Milley is a, Brutally political, manipulative, entitled, and arrogant member of the United States Armed Forces. His delusions of grandiosity represent the worst of our nation and can only be topped by one other, Anthony Fauci. However, his testimony, merely outlined the Republican opposition to Donald Trump. So, it gets into this, and it's uh, quite... quite, uh, Interesting to say the least. The first, um, so this this really breaks down what was going on inside the uh, uh, the wheels of government that were, and I always suspected that too. Keep in mind, it says Cash Patel has publicly stated General Milley did not inform Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller directly, at least. To his knowledge. So Millie's secondary point about notifying Christopher Miller in January 2020 needs to be reconciled carefully. There's a lot of things going on here. And this article that I'm going from, I, I like it a lot, um, but it's too long to read the whole thing. But it's uh, from conservative, theconservativetreehouse.com. Theconservativetreehouse.com. I've been reading the conservativetreehouse.com for a long, long time. Um, Mark Meadows, the title of this article is Mark Meadows and Mike Pompeo, Acceptable Republicans for National Security State. And it's written by Sundance. Last Refuge. So that's it. We're going to move on. And there's one other article that was uh, written by Slay. Mark Meadows flips on Trump, agrees to plead guilty to federal charges in exchange for immunity deal. Well, we'll see what happens. This will be interesting, but I don't. You know, I. A lot of people are saying that it's because Trump is so far ahead of DeSantis that, and again, I've been saying this. I said um, this is all about globalism. Anytime you see a politician go down, you could bet your bottom dollar that the globalists want it that way. Because, you know, you can't get any more corrupt than Joe Biden. And they covered for him. right. So that's that's obvious. They cover for Joe Biden, but they don't cover for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the biggest threat to the globalist movement. And he can't be in power. That's just it. Boom. Done. And again, Robert Kennedy Jr., nobody's fearing Robert Kennedy Jr., but he presents a real problem for the Democrats. Because everybody knows that Robert Kennedy Jr. would win a debate with Joe Biden. And so... You know, I spoke to a liberal friend of mine, and he thought Robert Kennedy Jr. was a quack. He hates Robert Kennedy Jr. Very liberal, uber lefty. The point is, is that you're going to see the Democrats throw Robert Kennedy Jr. under the bus. And he is an anti-globalist. And I, frankly, I would not be surprised if, if Trump... Trump won the nomination for for the Republican party and selected Robert Kennedy jr. as his uh vice president. It would be interesting because they're both in the same same pod when it comes to globalism and again, if you had Robert Kennedy jr. Uh, running against Trump. Um, Basically, you wouldn't have that much election fraud. If you have DeSantis running against Biden, you're not going to have that much election fraud. But if you have the mix, if you have RFK Jr. running against DeSantis, now you got globalism in play. There's a whoever wins decides whether globalism is going to win. DeSantis is a globalist and Robert Kennedy Jr. is not. On the flip side, if you have Trump going against Biden, then again, you have the you have a lot of a lot of election fraud. You have the globalists because the globalists are behind the the fraud. the Soros's and the globalists movement is what's driving the election fraud and the money involved with election fraud and by money, I mean I'm talking about Mark Zuckerberg. And the whole operation with Facebook and social media and Instagram and Google and all this stuff. You know, all the big tech. All that money. So that's what that's about. By the way, just interesting news. Um, New York Times came out with a story just in the last 24 hours. Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines highlight thorny issue of history. Troops use use of patches bearing Nazi emblems risk fueling Russia propaganda and spreading imagery. And the West was has spent a half a century trying to eliminate it. So. The Ukrainians are a bunch of Nazis, the Azores, you know, this is uh, the support of Ukraine is a support for uh, bigger globalism, ex- uh, expanded uh, NATO expansion, uh, and NATO aggression, which has gotten involved in just about every single war and every conflict in the world. They're an evil concept, construct, and I, I uh, would agree that if Trump were to get into power, he should get out, remove the United States from NATO. At this point, the biggest threat to Europe is not Russia. It's NATO. And it's globalism. And it's the World Economic Forum and it's BlackRock and it's this this, this globalist aggression, this globalist tyranny. So... This uh, tweet, it's a meme. It says, he did not, and it's a picture of Donald Trump. Ted Nugent put this out. Ted Nugent put this out. He says, he did not create the Democrats' hate, he exposed it. He did not create the media bias, the media's bias, he exposed it. He did not create the corruption in both political parties and government. He exposed it. And for that, they want to take him down and destroy his life. You get an evil guy like this, Lindsey Graham, sitting there in Ukraine with Zelensky. Remember, he was in Ukraine on December 31st, New Year's Eve of 2016, on the eve of 2017. Guess who was president-elect at the time? During that moment, Obama was still president, Trump was president-elect, and he and McCain and Amy Klobuchar were over in Ukraine, basically securing the final details of a arms deal that they had to get processed before Trump took power. So they spent their New Year's Eve with Poroshenko, the former leader of Ukraine, to secure a black market Weapons deal because somebody needed to get paid off, and the rumor um, was that Amy Klovachar was there because her financial backer, which is the guy Paul Pol- Poland, uh, was the, also the owner of the Twins, uh, the Minnesota Twins, is a you know super rich guy, uh, was heavily invested and wanted to make sure he got a return on his investment. And they went over there and collected a whole bunch of awards and these silly men, these silly rhinos, these uniparty creeps, these criminals, these corrupt politicians like Lindsey Graham are pure evil and all they care about is killing Russians because the Russian oil was competing with their interests with Iraqi oil and... ISIS paid mercenaries to run oil into Europe and into Africa. So they just murdered Gaddafi and overthrew Mubarak in Egypt to run oil into Africa in exchange for gold and cobalt. And they would run the oil up into Europe. And Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, uh, Russian oil was competing with their interests there and uh, the blockade that was going on in Syria with Russia and Syria uh, as being great allies um, for for over 50 years. And and so what has happened is um, Lindsey Graham took a a real negative stance against Russia and blamed Russia for everything and hates Russia because Russia competes with his profit, his greed, so he hates everything about Russia because they're his chief rival when it comes to financial success. And that's Lindsey Graham. That's what that's all about. Let's take a listen.
0: Free or die? Free or die? Live free. Or now die. We are free. Yes. And, and we, we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's so the best money we've ever spent.
2: And the Russians are dying, and that's the best money we've ever spent, killing Russians. Says that to the Nazi leader, Zelensky. Scumbag. So, this author uh, and researcher and key pioneer of the true movement, G. Edward Griffin, on Agenda 21... Agenda 21 is a kind of code name for a master plan originated at the United Nations to change the political and economic system of the world to one of total collectivism. And in order to do that, people must not allow, be allowed to have independence. They must be independent. They must be dependent on the state for everything. That means you can't really it's illegal for you to love your God more than you love your government, right? In China and elsewhere, I think in North Korea, you have to have like a, every room has to have a picture of the leader and stuff like that. It's like crazy, crazy town. But let's take a listen to this. Two minutes.
0: Agenda 21 is kind of a code name for a master plan originated at the United Nations to change the political and economic system of the world to one of total collectivism. And in order to do that, people must not be allowed to have independence. They must be dependent on the state for everything. Otherwise, they won't, they won't be easily controlled by the state. That means they can't have private property, mostly. They cannot have land of their own. They have to live in, preferably, high-rise apartments uh, that are provided to them by the state as a benefit, so to speak. Oh, good, we got a free apartment. But they want, these people at the top, want all humans to be dependent on the largesse of the state. That means that they don't want anybody living out in the boonies. Anybody that's got a couple of acres of land and his own water supply and can grow his own food and that kind of thing or have some sheep or some chickens. These people are a threat to the collectivist society because they aren't going to go to the politicians and say, please feed me, please clothe me, please give me shelter. They tend to be independent. That's the secret behind Agenda 21. They want people out of the country. They want corporations out there growing all the food and that kind of thing, but they don't want anybody living out there, because that way they cannot be controlled. In order to control mankind, we have to get them all into the big cities. We have to rack them up and stack them up, get them dependent on the state for their food, their shelter, their electrical power, their water, everything. That's the dirty secret behind Agenda 21.
2: Well, that is actually coming to fruition. A lot of people are suggesting that the fires out west, for example, are designed to do just that. They're burning up your land and your houses so that you end up moving into the cities. Listen to this guy talk about this. By the way, um, just a a little note. Pat Robertson uh, died at at the age of 93. He was the founder of uh, the Christian Broadcast Network, CBM. And uh, so Pat Robertson, uh, may rest in peace. Um, Let's take a listen to this.
1: Good morning, everybody. I wanted to touch on this one this morning. It's getting so bad that... um, that I don't think people really, truly understand what's going on. If you haven't heard the latest up here in Canada, BC's on fire. The East Coast is on fire. And now Quebec, Quebec all in one day, the entire province caught fire on a beautiful day. This is planned and I'll tell you why it's planned. They want to move people out of the countryside into cities. Then they want to lock them down in 15 minute cities. How do you do that? contaminate the air, contaminate the water, and so on. They started contaminating the water, as you know, in the past few months. And now uh, with train derailments and all that stuff, all across North America, not just in Canada. And that was purposefully done to contaminate water sources and then justify people's relocation by saying the water is contaminated. You can't stay here or the air is contaminated. You can't stay here, relocating them into whatever, hotels or um, different establishments within city limits. This is all a ploy and a plan to get people into cities to implement their smart cities. And it's the only way they can control you. First, they have to go to digital currency and uh, get you into smart cities. This is happening and this is real. This is evil. This is pure evil. It's our time to fight back. We need to, uh, like, I'm, I'm actually totally surprised that there isn't complete An utter outrage and an uprising like this world has never seen before. Because this is what we need to take our countries back. Complete outrage and an uprising. Nothing less is going to do. Nothing less is going to make this place um, a better world. I mean, we have to take our country back. And the way we do that is we expel those that are destroying our way of life. And what I mean by exposing them is getting them out of power, forcing them one way or the other. They don't want to go willingly, that's fine. We'll help them out the door. Anyway, that's it for today. Happy Sunday, stay free.
2: All right, so that was uh, a guy that is noticing these fires uh, the WHO Director General Tedros uh, announces digital immunization vaccination certificates, which will be required to participate in society. Just a conspiracy theory? I don't think so. Let's take a listen.
3: While the emergency phase of the COVID 19 pandemic is now over, investments in digital infrastructure remain an important resource for health systems and for economies and societies at large. Like many countries, the European Union made significant investments in COVID-19 certificates to help people move around as safely as possible during the pandemic. The European Union certification system was used by all 27 EU member states and more than 50 other countries. Building on the success of the EU system, WHO is proud today to launch the Global Digital Health Certification Network. So thank you so much to the European uh, Union for the excellent certification system that you have transferred to us and we have the chance to build on it. WHO will begin operations of the network today with the existing COVID-19 certificate as a global public good soon after we will expand this infrastructure by incorporating other use such as a digitized international certificate of vaccination routine immunization cards and international patient summaries
2: Eh, so says the terrorist that guy was a terrorist when he was younger and Uh, almost on the level of um, Nelson Mandela, who was also a terrorist, but lauded as uh, some sort of a a great leader, not. California takes another step towards fully legalizing shoplifting. New law will stop employees from confronting shoplifters. Prosecutors already ignore theft under $1,000, Now store owners won't even be able to have their security stop it. You can't defend your own property now. So this is uh, SB 553 is focused on protecting employees. The bill does not prohibit employees from stopping theft. It does prevent employers from asking non-security personnel to confront a person. So... You know, that's the, uh, the the fact check community uh, notes uh, part of that tweet. But the story goes, California Senate passes bill to stop employees from confronting shoplifters. And we've already seen CEOs like the guy from Lululemon step in on that. All right, so... Um, I'm gonna. I want. I want you to hear this piece. This is a two-minute clip. Uh, New Biden crime family bombshell ties the criminal corruption in Ukraine. It's stunning that the FBI might have harbored that secret all this time. Let's take a listen.
4: Yeah, listen. I think the most significant thing that uh, Congressman Comer, Chairman Comer, said in the interview today with me is that these allegations that the FBI got date to 2017 the first time the confidential human informant By the way, so credible he got $200,000 in payments. The FBI does not pay a lot of informants, that level of money. But credible enough to get that sort of money that he first brought it to the attention of the FBI in 2017, then again in 1819, and then again in the summer of 2020. What does that mean? It means when we were going through the impeachment crisis with President Trump, going through the Hunter Biden uh, Russian disinformation debacle, then the 2020 election, the FBI harbored the secret that there was a trusted, confidential human source that was making an allegation that Joe Biden had a bribery problem with the Ukraine businessmen, the same country where we know Hunter Biden was doing business. And by the way, the American public were asking all those questions. It is stunning to think that the FBI might have harbored that secret all this time.
0: Well, pretty interesting. Now, the FBI does pay people. We know that. We know that. Didn't they offer Christopher Steele a million dollars if he could corroborate any part of his own dossier, but he couldn't collect because he couldn't corroborate? Uh, Didn't they then hire... The subsource of Chris Steele, a guy by the name of Dan Chinko, yes. and put him on the payroll. Did they do that too? Yeah. They did.
4: And did they also they did pay
0: indeed. Twitter $3.5 million uh, in the lead up uh, to the 2020 election
4: when they were pre bunking the Hunter Biden laptop story? Did the FBI do that too? Yeah, the payments are unclear whether they were for the pre-bunking or for other expenses that Twitter occurred at the behest of the FBI. But yes, I mean, you're, you're laying out this very large ecosystem where conservatives kept getting smeared and the FBI is always in the middle of it. You know, that they always show up in the middle of it. But when it comes to Hunter Biden, they're on the opposite side. They're like, oh, can't talk about it. Can't show you the memo. A very different system of justice when it comes to Joe Biden versus Donald Trump.
2: That was uh, John Solomon. And, uh, you know, excellent, excellent report reporter. So, you know, they're already fearing Donald Trump. They want to try to take him down. But in addition to that, uh, you got Cori Bush, probably one of the dumbest human beings in Congress. Um, and that's saying something. Um, but Democrat representative, Corey Bush says, Republicans' election integrity... Propo-. So this is like an old argument, but yet still, she's, she's m- <laughs> stating it. You know, it's absolutely absurd. About election integrity, they're really talking about voter suppression. They're talking about carrying on the legacy of slavery
4: and Jim Crow by actively disenfranchising black and brown communities through legislation like the American Confidence in Elections Act. To undermine voter access and
2: fair and impartial election administration. When Republicans talk about election integrity, they're really talking about voter suppression. They're talking about carrying on the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow. By- well, you know, if you look up in Wikipedia, Jim Crow, it was it states clearly so, uh, Democrat Democrat state and local politicians wrote the Jim Crow laws. They were written up by Democrats. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how they, uh, keep throwing that Jim Crow and, and and all this stuff around. But, uh, it was the Democrats that were founding the Ku Klux Klan and all this. But voter ID is not voter suppression. Voter ID is voter integrity. And, uh, and it's an insult to black people uh, when, when she talks about that. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning into the Scott Adams Show. And uh, be sure to check out org or buglecall.org and make a donation if you can to support America First policies that will make America great again. We are pushing the America First agenda every single day because we truly believe in our mission. Um, Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. Red State as your promo code. R-E-D-S-T-A-T-E. One word. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.